And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Dave DeFore here with Mark Schindler for your Tuesday update. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing to us over at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Do it now. Let them know you love the show. You love waking up with me and Mark every Tuesday morning. We're going to jump right in because, man, there's just so much happening every single night, Mark. Big injury news in the NBA and some good news first. After missing the last 43 games, Paul George, Mark, Paul George is finally coming back. He's going to make his return Tuesday night at home against the Utah Jazz, a team that the Clippers just kill anyway. And now they're adding Paul George. Uh, Think they're going to get a win, Mark? I was going to say, man, it's only fitting that Paul George comes back against the team that they dusted in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, I, I, I would bet on the Clippers winning. The Jazz have been a little bit out of sorts recently. Yeah, and I got to say, this does change their fortunes for the not only the play-in, because they're adding Paul George to a spot that, frankly, they now have more talent than they ought to be in, but maybe even for the playoffs, because there is an outside chance, knowing how sneaky the Clippers have been here. Like, I mean, they've been hiding Paul George coming back for, and, and now it's just gotten out, man. What if Kawhi comes back? Man, I, I hope so. I'm it rooting for it. Cause I want more chaos in this playoffs that is bound to have tons of chaos. Now, some bad injury news. Time Lord, Robert Williams expected to miss some time after he was diagnosed with a torn meniscus. Uh, further details are going to come out as, as we get more reporting. But as of late Monday night, uh, we don't know if he's going to have surgery or not, but it, it seems like he's going to miss some time, Mark. Yeah, I mean, this is just, it, it sucks to hear. I know both Jared Weiss and uh, uh, Jay King have written a lot about how impactful he's been for their season. The Celtics have been by far the best team in basketball in 2022, and Rob Will's been a big part of that. They still have some you know, outside title contention, but th- this is a real sizable blow to where they're headed. I mean, look, Robert Williams has gotten some all-NBA defense buzz, some defensive player of the year buzz, because people can't figure out who exactly to credit for the for the Boston defense. Robert Williams is a good candidate to me. Now, a better candidate, the guy that led him tonight without anyone else on the court against the Raptors, Celtics-Raptors tonight. We got an overtime game, Mark. And look, Marcus Smart was awesome, and we're going to get to him in a second. But the story of this game, Pascal Siakam with a season-high 40 points, had 13 rebounds, somehow fouled out of this game and had those kind of numbers, Mark. I mean, his defense was fantastic. And with five fouls, he picked up a couple blocks in overtime. He was instrumental to this win. I mean, hey, if Nick Nurse played me 42 minutes, I would foul out too. But um, yeah, it's hard to talk about Pascal without bringing up Rob Will because, I mean, the Raptors scored 17 of their 24 shots at the rim, which is just an unsustainable metric for 
any team trying to play successful defense. It, it definitely showed up late too. I mean, Pascal was power drives, getting his shoulder in, a lot of stuff in the mid-post. It, it just felt like him, Scotty, and OG attacking over and over and over again in the paint. It was a really successful formula. And Boston was shorthanded, as I noted earlier. They were without Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously Rob Williams, and Al Horford. So they were down four starters in this game. And for me, look, moral victories can only take you so far. But I think if you look at this game and you're Boston, you got to feel pretty good. Marcus Smart stepped up, had 28 points in this game. And he's been playing defensive player of the year level basketball all year on the defensive end, but these sorts of nights on the offensive end is what they actually need more of from him, I think. Yeah. I mean, I was not ready for Marcus Smart to take 25 shots tonight, but he was ready for it. He, he looked pretty darn good too, especially in the overtime. Um, it's the best offensive season of his career. I mean, they need more than two of two of 11 from three, but part of that's just the difficulty factored in. Um, he had a really good night tonight. Yeah. And down the stretch in this game, uh, we almost didn't get overtime. Grant Williams had a nice dribble drive into the paint. The ball was knocked away as he was trying to penetrate, and, and they don't even get a shot up there at the end. And that was that Toronto defense that I thought we didn't see enough of in this game until the end of the game when Toronto made that final push to get to overtime. Yeah, it was really tough, too. Derek White was only 4-16 from the floor tonight, but his ball movement and the way that he's able to keep you know attacking off the second side, just continuously moving the ball – um, I think just has continued to add another element to the Celtics offense as, they, as they've gotten better and better after the trade deadline, but they need him to hit more shots. I think that would have been a real difference maker tonight. Sounds easy looking in retrospect, but you can just tell they need more of that. Yeah. And with the bulls lost tonight uh, against the Knicks and the Raptors picking up a huge win, this has huge playoff ramifications. And we'll circle back to that at the end of the show. We'll just update the standings and kind of let you guys know where everything stands. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In Charlotte, Nikola Jokic records yet another, his 19th triple-double of the season, 26 points, 19 rebounds, 11 assists, to lead the Nuggets over the Hornets, 113-109. to The Nuggets only play close games, Mark, and, and they look exhausted in every single game, somehow gutting this one out, and really, it's all Jokic. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have the weirdest thing to say about this game, this may have been the best rebounding game I've ever seen from a player this season. Like, Jokic had 19 boards. felt like he had 40, man. Um, he wasn't super clean on his looks, but every putback was there. He just had uh, Mason Plumlee spinning like a top, trying to get any any loose ball. Um, his, his second jump, even if he's not getting that high off the ground so quick, was full, full, full display tonight. Aaron Gordon scored 21, but 17 of those, Mark, came in the first quarter. He was hot. Or does Charlotte just suck at defense? 
It's a little bit of both. Uh, AG hit like a one-legged runner, which, as, as you know, that is not a traditional Aaron Gordon shot that's going to go in. But he also had a lot of backdoor lobs, uh, runouts in transition. Uh, Charlotte's defense was just kind of wayward to start the night, and that really was painful for them because they started really well offensively too. Um, it felt like that made a lot of the difference in the game for me. Yeah, and there was a weird moment. Uh, Trez Harrell got ejected in this game, exchanged some words with Aaron Gordon. He actually stepped over Austin Rivers, and I, that's what triggered the ejection. It was you know mm-hmm. a taunting ejection. Um, but I do want to talk about Trez because I did think that the energy he was bringing to that point was good for Charlotte. I mean, he was part of the reason why they were able to come back when they were down early against Denver. They missed him down the stretch. He's going to be a key player for them if they want to get out of the playing game and if they want to do anything in the first round of the playoffs. And and I thought it was notable that in this game, they struggled to shoot from outside, and it got worse when he was out. LaMelo was really the only guy that was able to get it going, Mark, and, and they ran into a math problem. Yeah, no, 100%. LaMelo was 4 of 11 from 3 tonight, and the rest of the team shot 31% from deep. Uh, it was it, when When you're in this close of a game, you need better than that. Uh, it's not that the looks were bad, but just you got to hit your shots. And at the end of Monday night, we've got to update the playoff race because it is changing every single day. And Mark, today no different. The Miami Heat finally get a win. They've been scuffling, so they get a win. Boston loss drops them to the four seed. So Miami now the one seed with a one-game lead over Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Boston. I mean, this is going to come down to the last game of the season. And I got to admit, man, like this is one of the most chaotic seasons. I don't know who the one seed's going to be, much less who's going to win the East. I don't think that any of the teams know either, man. Like if you told me a couple days ago that Miami was still going to be in the one seed Tuesday morning, I would have told you you're crazy, but here they are. They got a win tonight, granted against a Kings team, but um, it's it's pretty wild, man. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, we got a three-team race for the five, six, and seven seeds. Cleveland, with the win tonight, maintains pace with the Raptors. Only a game back of them for the sixth seed. But the Raptors win, Bulls loss. Now they're tied in the wins and loss column uh, for that fifth spot. But the Bulls have the season series, so they are currently the five seed. And that race in and of itself just seems like it came out of nowhere. I mean, the Bulls look like they were a top-four seed for most of the season but the trends were there. They were losing games to good teams, Mark. Yeah, and it's really tough, too, because when you look at the Cavs, Lowry Marketing went down tonight. Evan Mobley rolled his ankle. They just continue to get absolutely slammed by injury, and it's looking like they're going to end up in the play-in if things hold up the way that they have. Yeah, the Hawks and the Hornets both uh, played tonight. The Hornets lost. The Hawks win. Hawks now a half game behind Charlotte for the ninth spot in the play-in. Um, and and then Brooklyn sitting at eight is only a half game ahead of Charlotte. So only one game separating Atlanta in 10 and Brooklyn in eight. And Brooklyn is not really playing all that great. Yeah, no, they've been uh, they've been trying to find their way after finally having their full team together. Sans Ben Simmons. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they have early season growing pains in game 70. And in the West, of course, we know the Phoenix Suns, they're running away with this thing. They are the runaway favorites, I think, to win not only the West, but to win the title. I mean, they just are just such a professional class organization. They're killing everybody. Chris Paul comes back, hadn't missed a beat, looks fantastic. Memphis Grizzlies continue their run. They stomp the Warriors without Steph Curry. They are now firmly the second seed. That just feels locked. Now, the Warriors, it's getting tricky for them. 
Mark, they are now only a game and a half above Dallas, and they're trending in the wrong direction completely. Yeah, things have not been good for them. They've lost their last three games, uh, four and six in the last ten. Their offense is just really sputtering right now without Steph. And Dallas has not locked up that four seed yet. It's not safe. They only have a one-game lead over Utah. And then a half game behind Utah is the Denver Nuggets in that sixth spot. It does feel like Minnesota's kind of locked into the seven seed. Clippers probably locked into the eight. And then, of course, down at the bottom, the Pelicans, after their big win against the Lakers, they have a half-game lead. They're now the ninth seed. The Lakers are the tenth seed. And looming large... With a victory tonight, the San Antonio Spurs now only a half game behind the Lakers. The Lakers were idle tonight. They play tomorrow. No LeBron James, no Anthony Davis. No chance the Lakers actually want to play in the play-in. Right, Mark? I mean, I hope not because I don't want to watch them in the play-in. So, (laughs) I mean, hey, Wendy and Gabriel, maybe 25% usage here. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we predicted this on this show a long time ago. We were pretty sure that San Antonio Spurs are going to make the play. And I, I would love to see Greg Popovich get a run. Maybe we get a little March Madness style run out of. Can they get Kemba Walker? Is he available? <laughs> Probably not. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Mark, let's get out of here. Ding, ding, y'all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.